Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Guy Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you for another week of football wrap-ups and this time we've got the women on for the NPL New South Wales Women's Wrap-Up. A season unfortunately cut short once again due to COVID, but that doesn't mean we have plenty, we won't have plenty to talk about from this competition and some of the ramifications of what's going to be happening over the next couple of years. Of course, I can't do this alone, so joining us tonight, she is one of our favourites, the pocket rocket herself, Zoe Benjamin. Good evening to you. Good evening, Anthony. Always good to be back. A bit bittersweet this time. Was hoping that this would be a little bit later on in the year, but no, always always happy to be here. Absolutely. And with any of these um, these episodes, we always like to try and bring on a special guest to join us. And boy, have we got an absolute beauty to, to put on for the show. She has become a regular of NPL New South Wales action, uh, formerly with Manly United, then made the move this year to Sydney Olympic. She is the better Shalakian, ladies and gentlemen. It is Claudia Shalakian. Good evening to you. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do the wrap-up, though, as Zoe said, it would have been a lot better to be a bit later in the year and maybe not in the middle of lockdown. Um, but as it is, we'll have a good time regardless, I'd say. And, and I think it's fair to sh- say, Zoe, that uh, as I said at the, t- at the just the prior, we have got the better shellacky in this time around, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I certainly think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not going to deny anything here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have at you, Brendan. Have at you. <laughs> so, look, it's. Very sad to see what happened during the competition, but it was a shame, I guess, for yourself personally, Claudia, because this competition was starting to heat up nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a lot of teams kind of vying for that top spot. And, you know, I think even as results kind of show, like you can't just rock up thinking that there's an easy game in this competition, which I think is really what I love about it. There's no team that you think you can just rock up and smash because they're at the bottom of the table. It's not really how it works. Um you know, I think, I, I don't know who ended up at the, at, I guess, the bottom of the table midway through, but I know that there was no easy game for us um, at Olympic and, you know, we were at the top to, um, at where where it was left off. And, I mean, that kind of shows the quality of the league um, and that there really is no massive difference between top and bottom. It's just, at, you know, at the end of the day, who puts in the hard work. So, yeah, that's, you know, what I love about it. Absolutely, and Zoe, the games you got to referee during the games, there were some absolute humdingers as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no shortage of a of a good contest um, each and every time. And um, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with what what Claudia said. It was it it really is um, particularly to see that sort of competition where um, you really got to show up each and every game because. Um, whoever shows up on the day is going to walk away with the points. So, yeah, it was it was 
building to such a fantastic season. Well, we're going to get straight into it because we're not only going to be talking NPL 1, we're going to talk about NPL Women's 2, some of the competition changes that's going to be happening structurally over the next couple of years. And the big part of this, Zoe, of course, the review of our Splinters predictions. Yeah, oh no. I had um I had honestly forgotten um about them and um anyone who's listened to this b- before knows how how terrible I am at predictions. Uh, mainly cuz I'm so indecisive. Well, we're going to find out how you went. Of course, this will be compared against what Maddie Bart did for us from the Northern Tigers, but there's plenty to get through. So without further ado, it's not you refereeing this time out of the middle, Zoe. I think we'll have to pretend we've got Chris out there this time around. And without further ado, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off with the ramifications of what's happened towards the end of the season and what's going to be happening next year. Now, Zoe, there was a planned structural change to the MPL system for the women's this year. But obviously the first thing to talk about is because there is an incomplete season, there will be no promotion and there will be no relegation. Yeah, and I, I think that's only fair. I mean, we, we didn't play enough of the of the season for, for those sort of things to take place. And yeah, I think I think that's the right decision from, from Football New South Wales. Now, this will mean that next year, 2022, we'll retain the current 12 teams in NPL New South Wales Women's 1, and they'll invite no more than 16 teams into NPL New South Wales Women's 2. Now, this is the big change here, and Claudia, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, because the while NPL Women's 1 will stay the same, NPL Women's 2 is going to be shook up quite significantly because we're going to see the current 11 teams retained plus the five teams currently playing in the girls conference league and basically a merger into two comp two divisions for MPL New South Wales women's. Mm, yeah, that's, that's massive. Cause I know just in terms of time commitment, um, a lot of these girls have, you know, jobs and, and commitments outside of that. And I know, that for us, it's not just while there is that social element and everyone I know enjoys playing, it's, it's a massive commitment to, to play football at such a high level. Um, you know, not just game day, but the training you put in with the team and, and, you know, for those who choose to do training outside of it. So to have those additional games and, you know, to extend the season by that amount, it's massive, but it's also really exciting as well. Um, you know, I can only speak from my experience, but, the more I play, the happier I am. So I'm sure a lot of the girls who are going to be in that competition will absolutely love the opportunity to have more games to play, um, to not only show themselves, but just enjoy playing football. I think particularly with lockdown, I think everyone will be super excited for that to, to happen and just get back into it. I know I am. Well, Zoe, the other interesting thing that they've announced is that at the end of the 2022 season, confirmation that there will be no clubs relegated, but we will see two teams promoted from NPL Women's 1 with the intention of making both teams a 14-team competition. Your thoughts in regards to that? Oh, again, I I don't mind that decision. I think because it will set them up for a relegation promotion system where you've got two equal comps. Like, I think that system will work better with two even comps, in my opinion, but... You know, I think it'll be fine 
any which way they work it. Like, they don't need the 14 teams. But, like, it makes sense to me in in my head. Now, the question is, is in terms of how this is going to happen, because there's a couple of challenges that you have with this. And the first one is that within NPL New South Wales Women's 1, there are currently two teams in that competition that will not get relegated from NPL New South Wales Women's 1, those teams being the Football New South Wales Institute and the Emerging Jets. Everyone else have their points adjusted to determine who gets promoted or relegated depending on how they play against each other. Uh, Thoughts from you two girls in terms of that, whether that's fair or whether the Football New South Wales Institute and the Emerging Jets should be competing to avoid relegation like everyone else? Yeah, I mean, I can uh, can only speak for myself. It's a tough one because you think, well, they're the same team, same players, what's, what's the difference? But then I also see it from the other side of, well, if you're looking to develop for girls to play consistently MPL one and then go on to W League, like they need that experience of, you know, the closest league just below W League. So yeah, God, it, it's tough. They look, there's benefits, but I also see the frustration, you know, for people that aren't in those teams, you know, that are, are looking to come up or those, you know, um, with no disrespect, I know emerging jets quite often aren't towards the top of MPL one. I think there might also be a situation there where they feel like every season they're losing quite a lot and it it can be disheartening sometimes. So you've got good aspects with the challenges that it presents for them, but also some negative ones as well. So, you know, I understand the decision um, and, yeah, I guess it is what it is, I think, is one of those situations. And then in regards to the promotion and relegations, obviously it's they've already confirmed that first place will be would be automatic. Uh, sorry, last place would be automatically relegated and then replaced by first place from NPL New South Wales Women's Two. Would you do the same thing for second last, or would you throw the idea of a promotion relegation playoff? I think um, I actually had a question for you, um, Anthony. I'm not sure. Go ahead. I'm not sure that you can answer this one, but um, I know early early on in the in the year. There was uh, a statement put out that they would be basically scrapping reserve grade for NPL 2. And I think my biggest questions around the the idea of a relegation and promotion system is what happens to your NPL 2 sides who then get promoted to NPL 1 who now need to fill mm-hmm a reserve grade team when they hadn't been in NPL two. Maybe maybe they that's that's no longer a plan going ahead, so I'm misunderstanding. But I think that's my biggest concern and confusion around this system. Well that I do know that there was discussions about removing reserve grade for NPL um, New South Wales women's two, but I, I don't think that actually ended up coming to fruition. Because they still ran a reserve grade, they still ran a reserve grade competition. Yeah, in that, well, in the it comp- was planned for 2022. So this is this is my this is my confusion, right? This is my curiosity because I wondered whether they've whether they've turned back on that decision now. This is like what we've just discussed is the system and all its in and outs, or whether they're still planning to go ahead with that as well. Because that throws another spanner into the works, which I don't. I don't really see that working at all. That's that's going to be a fascinating challenge because some of the bigger clubs in NPL New South Wales Women's 2, they'll have no problems with fielding a reserve grade team. But some of the smaller ones, I, I completely agree. They are, they would struggle to refill a reserve grade team. And, it, and, and it's vice versa as well, right? So if you get 
if you get relegated and you're now in MPL, you're now in two, what happens to your reserve grade side? You then have to scrap your reserve grade side. It should so, just be optional. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not too sure what, what the go will, will be there. That's maybe a space to watch. That, that will be a station needed. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's going to be a fascinating challenge for football in New South Wales to have to de- handle as the competition evolves over the next couple of years with that. So yeah, absolutely. We should be watching that with bated breath in terms of how that, that structure forms out. Cause you can see what's going to happen. The girls who are on the verge of playing first grade, if their club gets relegated, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to shift. They're not going to stick around. They're going to shift clubs. Yeah, you could see a lot of a lot of player move, like even more player movement with this um with this sort of system as well. And I I think not not to jump like just to jump quickly, but I think you'll see a similar thing with our with our youth boys competitions as well this year in the way that they're structuring that across their three MPL grades, like. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to to see what next season holds across all our NPL competitions. Well, let's get straight into it. Let's get into NPL Women's One. At when the season was called off after twelve matches, the court, Sydney Olympic finishing first on twenty six points, only a win clear of the Northern Tigers, and I think Zoe one of the surprises this year. The MacArthur Rams. I don't know if I'm quite as surprised as you, but I think that they've definitely exceeded uh, most expectations. For me, I think the their cohesion definitely showed a lot more this year. And, Claudia, what we did notice about, as you said, about MPL New South Wales Women's 1 was how close the competition is because only 10 points separated first-place Sydney Olympic from ninth place, Manly United. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I wouldn't say that it's every year. I think that quite often, I think every year actually the competition is close, but it's not always reflected in the table. Um, I think this year it really was. And I know obviously being a half season, um, that's more likely to happen because there's not as many games and the chance for, you know, separation in points isn't, um, as common, but I think, yeah, for the for the first time, really, it was reflected that it's such a close competition. I mean, I think the only loss that Olympic had was against, you know, for example, Koalas, which were technically further down the ladder, um, you know, than you'd expect. But that just kind of shows how close that competition is because, you know, you can't just rock up, like I was saying before, game day, expect to win because those teams aren't not good. They're, they're, they're quality and they've got good players and you need to really put in your 100% if you want to get the result. Let's go through. Let's go through some of the some of the thoughts around the um, the competition. First, for mine, was the biggest surprise. I said it was Macarthur. I thought was the biggest surprise. Zoe, your your pick for the biggest surprise this year? Oh, I think my biggest surprise actually isn't a positive. Unfortunately, I think I was surprised with where Manly sit on the table. Unfortunately, sorry to be a downer here. <laughs> But, well, that was my that was yeah. my dis- biggest disappointment. But yeah, carry on. I absolutely agree. Yeah, it was just interesting. I know that they were they were missing a few at the start of the year, but every team, well, most teams at least, um, end up in that boat at the start of the year. So yeah, it was just a little little maybe I suppose underwhelming. Claudia, of course, you you played with them over the last yeah. couple of years, and Zoe and I did talk at the start of the year with Chris Williams. Um, leaving the coaching position mm. 
how Manly United were going to respond after his departure. And it has to be said, they looked rudderless. Yeah, look, I think there's a number of things that probably played into that. I mean, I, I don't know the details of, you know, what was said and, and the things that were coming out of the camp and things like that. But I think there's a number of things. Coach leaving, I think, is always going to be a big part because not that whoever's stepping in won't do a good job, but it's a transition period. Um, you have to get used to how a new coach comes in and, and the way they go about, you know, communicating with the players, how they set up their team. So it's not to say that, you know, they weren't playing well or they, you know, something was wrong in the camp or whatever it may be. I think it's just a situation where you have to get used to a new coach coaching you and, and the things that they do in the way that they communicate. Um, because, you know, I've played under Tom before and I, I personally think he's a fantastic coach. And in my mind, I, I had no doubts that they would be a great team under him, but it doesn't happen overnight. You know, things like that happen in, in the best comps in the world. You, you think, oh, we've just brought in this amazing coach and the team's not performing, and quite often they don't give them a chance to really, um, you know, flourish. And I think that's all that they need is that bit of time to to adjust to having a new coach and, you know, obviously changes in, in plays as well. And I think the other thing that affects it is when you've just – won the competition the season before it's it plays massively into mentality you see it so often you know Liverpool you know winning the league previously the following year everyone's like what's happened to Liverpool you just when you've won something at the highest level it's it's really hard sometimes to find the motivation to do it again and I think with everything that's going on as well motivation probably isn't something that's thriving at the moment um in general so I think that also played a part in, in what happened, I guess, one, just this season. One of the other things that did, didn't um, help Manly United's cause was uh, injuries at critical moments throughout the season and what happened at the start of it. Because, of course, Corda, you would remember as well that mm-hmm. um, the Newcastle Jets W League team all got locked up in quarantine after the COVID outbreak. Mm. And that took, that took half the Manly United team out, including... Uh, I think I remember rightly, Tara Andrews, Stoking yeah. and Chloe yeah. O'Brien all got mm. locked, all got held up with hotel quarantine. And then the injury, the shoulder injury to Nicole Simonson in goals. Mm, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I actually didn't know too much uh, about that, but that, that definitely disrupts a team as well, especially when it's, you know, for things like COVID and you think it's just a sudden thing, all of a sudden you're in lockdown, you know, for two weeks or, however long, um, as we know at the moment. So that's, that's a massive disruption because then you, you're, you're kind of forced in a situation where you have to call on girls suddenly and, you know, they might not have match fitness and things like that. So, and then all of a sudden those players are back and then you have to then, you know, bring them in gradually because you can't just all of a sudden bring them in, you know, 90 minutes after they've just been in, in quarantine. So there's a lot of difficult things to deal with in that situation. So I can imagine that definitely would have played a part as well. The two positives I thought uh, out of it was I thought the brilliant performance, Zoe, from Lena Kamis for MacArthur. She justified her recent call-up to the W League with seven goals uh, and it led MacArthur along nicely. The other one, and I thought the real feel-good story, Bankstown City's biggest win since their return to NPL New South Wales, beating the Illawarra Stingrays 1-0. Yeah, absolutely. I had the pleasure of uh, refereeing both of these teams this year, and um, yeah, you're exactly right about Lena Thomas. She's the the key word there is leader. Um, she's just such a fierce leader on the field, and I think like 
it's really it's really forming like and having quite an impact on on the culture of that club and I think it really showed this season um so I'm excited for for how that continues to grow for them because I think they're definitely definitely a side that can keep you know going up under under her leadership and and a few few other stars that they have in that team and um Bankstown as well like I <laughs> it's almost a little sad to see where they are on the on the table because they are a much improved side to to what they were last season um I had them in the first game of the year on on Easter and they looked competitive against um a manly side you know fresh off a fresh off a premiership and it was it was exciting to see so yeah real feel good story for them as well. It has to be said, Claudia, the way Bankstown's improved, especially given that they entered into the competition with a little bit of a little bit of hype given that they had the Fowler sisters and Emma Stanbury playing for them at in that first year. Yeah, that's that's massive. I think they've as Zoe said, they've they've improved so much and it's it is harsh when it's just not reflected in the results because you think, you know, you're putting all this work in and it at the end of the day a loss is a loss, right? But it takes so much to reduce, you know, from unfortunately what it was, you know, your five nils previous seasons to actually being really competitive. And yeah, okay, losing one, two nil, and they still lost, but it's not always reflected in, in the scoreline. I know, um, definitely when Olympic played them, the first half was tight. Like there was, there was no way the teams could be split. And actually they probably had better, better chances um so it's one of those ones again that takes time like they'll keep building next season they'll be better they just have to keep pushing and having having faith in that the fact that the results will come but again it's not something that happens overnight um, um but i definitely want to watch for next season for sure going through the golden boot for npl new south wales women's one firstly for first grade and then for the reserve grade but um michelle carney zoe once again topping the charts and Michelle just keeps on keeping on in this competition. Yeah, she's just such a consistent player, isn't she? Like, you're almost surprised if you don't see her somewhere about on this list now. Um, yeah, she's just, yeah, such an important player to that Stingray side as well. And, yeah, had another fantastic season. We then go through the, the logjam of players on seven goals, including Lena Karmas. Um, Kate, including Caitlin Torpy from Sydney University, Lauren Allen from the Northern Tigers, uh, Maya Makovsky from Blacktown Spartans, and your teammate Cordia in Tegan Collister. Yeah, she's been really good this season. You know, it's not always easy coming to a new club. Um, and I know four of those goals were in the Blacktown game, which was such an amazing experience for her. I know she said she hadn't scored, you know, a hat trick and obviously beyond that. Um, in, in a game before. So I feel like that really showed her quality, um, you know, and what she's capable of. So she's done really well to fit in. Um, cause like I said, that's not easy to do. I, I, it sounds simpler than what it is, but you get used to the way that your teammates play and you base your runs off that and your movements off that. So when you're coming into a new team, um, it really does take time to, to kind of gauge your teammates' movements and, and basing yours off that. So she's done really well to do that quickly and then, you know, provide such a high turnover with goals. So, you know, he's hoping that she, she produces that again next season and I, I have no doubt that she will. Tell me, tell me, did she get to keep the match ball and where is she, where has she put it? <laughs> 
no, I, I don't even know if you're able to do that in our competition. I've never seen anyone do oh, it before. That's a, that's, a, that's a cricket thing, Caruso. No, no, no. I, no, no we, you, we do have it at our foot. We did have it at our football club. You got oh, you got yeah. a hat trick. You got to keep, yeah. you got to take a match ball. They, I know they do it in in high level. Well, I know I've seen the players walk off with it, but I mean, I'm you know I'm gonna be honest, and it might just be a me thing. I don't think we're really interested in keeping the match ball. I think <laughs> probably hey. like, oh look, we see that every weekend and three times a week at training. It's all good. <laughs> no, hey, listen, as a goalkeeper, for me, just scoring a goal is like heaven. Okay, so. Yeah, for you, for you girls scoring a hat trick, you should be celebrating that. For me, I'd just be happy if I got to score once every ten years or so. so That's fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah. We then go to the the girls on six goals, and again, two teammates for yourself, Claudia, in Amy Phillips and Mackenzie Hawksby. Yeah, again, they've both had fantastic seasons. I know um, a lot of Macca's goals, I think, came when she was playing striker because. I don't know. I think that was when I was out and when um, Sarah Yadam Yadam hadn't come back into the team yet. So there were so many movements in in positions. So the fact that she just went into a position, I'm not sure, but I don't think she's played often. She's normally number 10. And to bang in goals like that um, really shows her quality. Um, And again, again with Amy, um, you know, she she cemented her spot um, when she had the opportunity and she, you know, hasn't looked back since. So it really, it's a testament to, I guess, that effort, not only on an individual level for herself, but like a, a team. We all work hard for each other, not not only for ourselves to get goals, but to get it for the team. And uh, I think that shows this year with so many of our players being on, on the top side of that, the goal scoring list. And then Zoe, a couple of very familiar faces also on six goals. Charlie Rule for the Football New South Wales Institute and the strike twins for Manly United in Remy Simpson and Tara Andrews. Yeah, I mean, those two made a welcome return to that Manly side who, yeah, as we as we spoke about, you know, had, had an up and down sort of season and just couldn't quite string it together. So it's a, it's amazing how how much those two do have an impact on that side. And and obviously Charlie Rule just like a, a player to keep watching into the future, um, you know, someone who's continuing to grow. And um, I guess a, a real testament to, to, to the program that they're trying to uh, keep going with in the Football New South Wales Institute and Emerging Jets. Um, sides in this competition. Going to the going to the reserve grade very quickly. Uh, very surprised personally, Claudia, to see this name topping the reserve grade. But Tamira Souza for Apia Leichhardt scoring 13 goals. She's better than reserve grade, honestly. <laughs> What's she doing there? Yeah, look, it, it's frustrating. Um, and I can speak from experience. I've I had to do, had to do it myself. There's times when you're in reserve grade, and it's hard because you know you're good enough to be at that next level, but you look at you know, the the people who are in front of you in first grade and, you know, quite often I know in my experience it's it's, you know, W League girls who are fantastic. Um, but you think, well, how can I how can I have the opportunity to prove that I'm just as good, if not better, if, you know, you you're not gonna put a W League girl in reserve grade, you're not gonna bench them to put someone who isn't in W League. So I I do feel like unfortunately, and I, this is, you know, the same in every league, um, there's that inability to be able to push forward when you've got, you know, people in front of you that um, have experience um, and, you know, have um, particularly in the league above. And I think it just comes down to 
to being patient. I know I had to be patient when I was transitioning from at Manly from reserve grade to first grade. And when you do get your opportunity to take it, because if you don't, then you're starting that cycle again. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, with 13 goals in reserve grade, um, as soon as she gets her chance in first grade, I'm sure she won't let go of it. So it's only a matter of time. And then the other player to keep an eye out for, Zoe, from that reserve grade listing is Daniela Gallic, who scored six goals for the Football New South Wales Institute and has just been rewarded with a contract in the W League for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, so rewarding, so exciting for her. Um, and I'm sure that she'll, she'll thrive in that environment. Um, yeah, and uh, another one of those players in, in this program that's just, you know, pro- proving its worth and, and, and showing us, you know, what they can do with, with the time and, and kind of, I guess, concentrated effort to, to really develop their football. Um, and yeah, I guess I actually had a question for Claudia as well. Um, just on what she was, was talking about where you have a lot of, um, and, and some clubs have more than others, I guess, but fringe players who, uh, are definitely good enough to, to have a spot in those first grade sides, but, are kind of falling in and out um, when when W play uh, W League players are are in those sides. How how do you feel about when they talk about possibilities of aligning the W League season more with the women's MPL season? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think the problem with that is, which is is really unfortunate, is you need to provide the players an opportunity to have consistent income because with what's provided at W League it's just not enough and to be honest with them both together with girls playing in both it's still it's still not enough unfortunately to make a career it really forces players to go overseas where there are more opportunities so I think because that's the case I don't think they can align it because it's it's not fair to make the players only have one opportunity to have that income and then really with the rest of the season uh, in the off season, you're then pushing players to other countries, and because there is more opportunities for making a career of football over there, chances are you then won't get them back for W League. You know, we're kind of seeing that now um, with players. Um, you know, quite often the Matildas going overseas um, and playing in English Premier League, or even I know a couple of players in in Norway, um, Iceland, places like that. And once you're exposed to that opportunity I think it's very hard to bring them back and I mean fantastic because they're pursuing you know their football career but I think we can make it here in you know in Australia in the W League we can make it so that people actually want to come here rather than saying oh okay opportunities overseas to have a career we you know we want we want to be that country where it's like oh go to Australia to make a football career and I think the only way we can do that is is to have that um, separation between the W League and the MPL. Um, and obviously there are other elements to that as well. Um, but yeah, th- there's, there's some complications with that, but I think it really does come down to that, that income and allowing players to, to have both. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly 
Family Events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Coringai Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. Anthony Caruso with Zoe Benjamin and our special guest, Claudia Shalakian from Sydney Olympic. And we're just going to finish off on our talk on MPL Women's One with the all-important predictions wrap. Now, this is the part that Zoe and I were very nervous about. Because, as we all know, the record with splinters and AAA sports when it comes to making predictions, no one has ever made a passing grade yet. No. No. No, we all suck. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way to go about it. The closest anyone has ever been so far is Dom Rizzuto from the NPL New South Wales men's one who got within a point of getting a pass mark. So, will someone match that? Well, let's go and find out. As we go through the uh, the teams, and in terms of those predictions, we start off with Arpia. By the way, we should mention as well, this is myself, Zoe, and Maddie Bart. Arpia Leichhardt, we all predicted they would, make the fi- we would have, they would have finished in a finals position, and that's where they finished up. So we all got two points, Zoe, so good start. Woo! That's a good start. Bankstown City Lions, I called them for the wooden spoon. You said relegation battle. Maddie said relegation battle. I got a point. The two girls got two points. Yeah, that's right. Fire, go, go your place, crew. So that's that's <laughs> how it works. Blacktown Spartans. We all said that they would be missing the final. We'd all said they just missed the finals, and I have to say, we were on the money there. They only just missed out. So two points to everyone there. Looking good so far. The Emerging Jets. We all said they'd be in the relegation. What would be a relegation battle position? So a point for everyone. The Football New South Wales Institute. We all said that they'd end up missing the finals only just. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna say that's two points for two points for everyone there because that's pretty much where they finished up. There we go, two points to everyone there. So a pretty good performance here so far. We're looking good. <laughs> Illawarra, I said they'd be missing finals. Zoe, you said they'd be missing finals. Maddie said that they'd be missing finals, and that's where they ended up again. So yeah, there's another two points there. MacArthur Rams, we all said that they would be uh, either mid-table or just missing the finals. They actually made it, so zero points. Here's the, here he is. Here's where it gets nasty. Mary United. <laughs> we all said they'd be top two. Oh, I feel, I feel horrible now. Yeah. It was all looking so good. So no points there. Northern Tigers, we all got two points. We all said they'd make the finals. That's exactly where they ended up. 
the Northwest Sydney Koalas, we said that they would all just miss the finals, and they ended up in 10th place, so no points for anyone there. Sydney Olympic, we said we all said they'd finish top two. Claudia, you're probably very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, do I that, get any points? <laughs> you should, well, you, you'd back the girl, you would have backed the girls in, wouldn't you? She did. At the start of the season when she did sure. the little interview with Football New South Wales, she's like, Yep, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna take it out this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you are, two points to everyone there. And then the last one, Sydney University. We all said they'd make the finals and they didn't. So zero points there. So after that, I'm happy to say for the first time ever we've got <laughs> people actually making passing grades yes. for predictions. Uh-huh. And the winner of the tipping comp, of the predictions, I should say, Zoe, you and Maddie tied on 15 points, and I got 14 points. You won by one. Yeah, look, let's let's also not tell Maddie about it, because if you ask her, she'll just say that I copied her for everything. So, <laughs> so let's just, let's just say I won, and um, and I'll and I'll show off to Dom later. Yeah, yeah, you have officially beaten Dom's record. So. <laughs> To be there fair, though, is. if I had to contribute to predictions, we all know who would have won, so, oh, you know. <laughs> now you've locked yourself in for our preview next No week. problem. So I pretty much it. called it at the Football New South Wales interview, so surely yeah, I have faith in myself. <laughs> what do you reckon? Should, should we, Zoe, should we get, should we get Claudia and, and Chloe on next time? Could you imagine the banter between oh, those two? The, oh, the stir up. You're, you're threatening my position here. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> Well, no, no, but that's, well, yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to provide competition for your betting here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be absolutely amazing. Of course, uh, we all do it in the name of fun with that one there. So, uh, no, well done. We've got passing grades for the first time in the predictions. Let's move on to NPL New South Wales Women's 2. Um, the competition, again, very close here, uh, Zoe. Not as close as NPL New South Wales Women's 1, but the gap between first and fifth place, only five points. Yeah, and I think from memory, closer than it has been. Uh, again, obviously this is this is half the season, and, and Claudia touched on the fact that it, it does reflect a bit more in the table Um this season, but yeah, it, it, it seems like it was a lot, a lot closer this this season than than to memory in the past, which is yeah reflected in the table. Absolutely, Nepean FC winning it on twenty six points ahead of the recently rebranded Northbridge Bulls, of course, formerly the North Shore Mariners, who had only been relegated a couple of years prior. So a great performance by them to be competitive once uh, to be competitive once again, and then Portia, the surprise packet, the St George Saints finished near the bottom of the table two um, two seasons ago, and then last season they jumped all the way to third place. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's it, that's just a real testament, I think, to the club as well. You do, it doesn't matter what league you're in, you really do have to invest not only um, a little bit of money, of course, but your effort and your time into the players. And, you know, I think a lot of that would be around the culture. I know a few players, um, some of my friends have played there before. And, you know, I've only heard good things about that. And it doesn't, you can't build culture overnight. It's definitely something that takes time, but it plays a massive part in performances because, you know, when you're winning, it really 
obviously it's always easy to have a good culture. Everyone's having a great time. You're winning, but it's when you're, when you're losing to be able to keep a team motivated, keep pushing and to turn those losses into wins to be able to do that is, is not easy. And it's not just down to the football. It's culture is a massive part of that. So you, that's, it's just a real testament to what they've got going at the club there as a whole. And we should mention, Zoe, the winner of the Golden Boot there, and what a season she had. Jordan Baker, 18 goals. Yeah, didn't she make such an impact? And it's um, been been quite a successful move for her across to St. George this year, and um, I think that uh, it's definitely definitely boosted boosted that side and uh, played a massive impact on on where they've finished up this season. Um, she's uh, She was always a real leader in in the Sutherland pack and I think you know she's only just kind of been able to bring her experience into that that side and it's only it's only benefited them one team to watch out for in the future if they do get promoted again the Northbridge Bulls a little bit of a resurgence in form and Claudia two girls who really became the probably the most dangerous attack pair in the competition in Evelyn Cronus and what a what a name in terms of footballing surnames Rita Boateng yeah, definitely. Um, a name that we've seen before in, in the football circle. Um, but I think a strike partnership is sometimes better than having one amazing lead striker. I think a, a, you know, a prime example of that is your equivalence to, to Remy and, and Tara because there's something about a, a, a partnership where it makes it obviously a lot harder for defenders and teams to manage because, you know, double the trouble. Um, but to have that is really rare because you have to, you, you're pretty much understanding exactly what that other player is doing. Um, and to bounce off each other is, is amazing partnership to have and can, can really be menacing. So you can see that that's really worked for them. Um, and it's not only, you know, paid dividends on an, on an individual level, but, um, as a, on a team level as well. Um, so to keep that going would obviously be massive for them. How often do you see players who might have a stonking great NPL two season get a call up to NPL New South Wales one? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, sometimes I think I, I personally wouldn't know because I think these things kind of go under the radar quite often in NPL one, you know, the signings that are announced, you know, your W League players, you know, if there's any internationals, you know, big, big team moves, I think really steal the headlines. I think when you notice these kind of uh, promotions of NPL two players, NPL one is actually when the season's underway. Um, and you think you come across and you go, oh, I don't, I don't know this play, but God, they're, they're really hard to play against. They're, they're doing a great job. And I think that's when it's their chance to shine. I think that's when they really cement themselves in MPL one. So it's almost like an under the, you know, the radar situation. I think promotion of teams, you know, that's why I think it's really important because, you know, with W League, it's, you know, players coming into MPL one. It's not always easy for those players to be promoted if their team's not, um, so I think that plays an important role there, and it's really, really good for exposure. Fair thought for our, our dear friend Zoe. Unfortunately, the Sutherland Shire Sharks not having a great year, and, <sighs> and and unfortunately, it has been a bit of a fall from grace because it was only about three years ago that they were up in the in yeah. NPL New South Wales one in the women's competition. Yeah, they 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 lost a lot of. Um, they didn't retain a lot of their girls this year as well. Um, they had a, a few players go try, try to go to, to MPL one. They had someone go across to, to Illawarra. They had obviously Jordan, who's just such a key was always such a key player and leader in their side, um, go across to St George. And I think, yeah, I think they've just 
lost a lot of puzzle pieces this year, and it, it, it's kind of a little bit of a rebuild now for them. The other thing to take into consideration as well is, is two teams in particular who are sort of languishing down the bottom. And I, I speak not only of the interlines who have had once, once upon a time, one of the real mainstays of NPL or the old Super League, uh, but have really fallen on hard times lately, but also the Southeast Phoenix, which was supposed to be a team from representing what used to be known as the Southern Branch. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Zoe, around Nara? Yeah, I, I believe so. They, they, that name change is, is quite recent, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I believe so. So it's, it's a difficult because this is also, obviously, this is an organization that is actually operating under the Football New South Wales banner as well, but it's a, it's a very, it's, it's a very tricky to sort of try and run a team, especially that far south. And I mean, Claudia, you want, you could only imagine what it would have to be like doing an away trip down to Nowra. Yeah, you know, I've actually done my fair stint of them. I remember that old competition, um, you know, I was quite young, but I do remember we had to make trips to Nowra and, and, and Bathurst and, yeah, it's massive. So, you know, doing that once a year was, I was like, yep, that's my commitment done. So I can only imagine doing that, you know, every second week for, for their away games. Um, you know, it definitely takes its toll. It's a, it's a massive commitment for them, but you know, it's, I think you need that representation. It's, it's not fair to just have teams in Sydney and, you know, the close regions to Sydney. You, you got to give opportunities because there, there are some, you know, quality players out there. I think, you know, example, you've got Ellie Carpenter who, you know, comes from the outskirts um, of those areas and if you're not giving them opportunities to play at a high level then they'll never improve and and have those opportunities so it's important that they're there for sure. Now the five clubs that are currently playing in the girls conference league and they're talking about trying to push them up into NPL New South Wales women's two we've got them listed here and Zoe of those five clubs Four of them are actually quite big when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we associate them as as quite big because of their their success in our men's competitions. But yeah, it's um, I think as we know that doesn't always um, transition across. Um, you know, some clubs do it well, some clubs don't do it well. So yeah, it it they are technically very very big clubs, but. Yeah, I suppose just haven't quite made their impact um, in our women's competition yet. For those for those who don't know, of course, the five the five clubs in the girls' conference leagues are Mount Draw Town Rangers, the Camden Tigers, Hills United, and Blacktown City. There's also Football South Coast, who are kind of connected with the Southeast Phoenix. <laughs> and, and Claudia, what what's fascinating about this is not only the strength of these clubs in the men's competition. But the fact that there's the one thing that they've all got in common is they're all covering a stretch of Sydney, which you would call almost the extended northwest, ranging from the hills area all the way out to almost Samaries. Yeah, that's a very interesting spot. And, you know, just hearing some of those names and, you know, a prime example being Blacktown City, you know, massive presence in the men's competition. Um, and, you know, they, they produce it year in, year out. So I don't see why there shouldn't be a, a woman's representation there. I think you're missing a massive opportunity where there's players who I'm sure would love to play football or who are very good at football um, and and don't have a local club to go to. And, you know, that involves then travelling. And I, I know quite often, especially as you get older, 
you have to prioritise and, you know, there may be situations with jobs and, you know, family where you can't travel anymore um, and that just leads to, to not playing, you know, the game that we love and I think, you know, that's that's not fair. I think girls have to have that opportunity, um, you know, as well as boys as well, um, to, to be able to play in in a local competition that's close to them, that's at their level. Um, and, you know, the, the support's there because you can see it in their men's. They just now need to provide it for women. And what's fascinating for me as well, Zoe, is there's one catchment area that really hasn't been tapped in the entire women's competition, and it's around Parramatta. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And, like, I think Claudia's hit it hit it right on the head. Like, um, even what we were talking about with Southeast Phoenix, like, it's just about trying to to make sure that we have – representation for these areas to to so so that we've got players who have a space um and a place to to come through and develop their football and yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see whether there are any future plans um for Parramatta or or, or for for somewhere somewhere close um I suppose, the closest one, I suppose the closest out of that would either be take your pick of Blacktown City or, which is, Blacktown City, as we know, is sort of more based around, say, Seven Hills, Toon Gabby, rather than being Blacktown itself. And yes. then you've got Hills United, who are sharing the same, who are sharing Lily Homes with Blacktown City. I don't really know why there necessarily isn't that sort of representation. I guess it's I, just about development of clubs and, um, it's an interesting one, and I, I, I honestly don't know if there's any plans for, for anything to change as well. Well, we're about to come to the end of the show, but before we do, we need to have a little bit of fun with our, our guest, Claudia, given that it is her debut on Splinters. You were, of course, one of the high-profile transfers that occurred during the, uh, during the off-season last year. So what I want to do to you is it's time for a little bit of fun. Here on Splinters, we always pride ourselves on throwing people under the bus. Oh, exciting. We, oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> Zoe does it regularly to me. So, you know, You're we, just we, an easy target, what can I say? <laughs> that's besides the point, all right? Um, so what I, want to, what I want to know is from the two change rooms that you have been involved with, who has been the who has been for you your mind the biggest pest from Manly United and the biggest pest from <laughs> Sydney Olympic? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like the term pest quite often goes hand in hand with being quite funny because when you're funny it's it's you know, it's great, everyone has a laugh, but then sometimes you can almost be too funny and it just gets annoying. So I think definitely for Manly, it would have to be Sunny that takes the crown for that. She's absolutely hilarious but I know quite often you know she'd be the one to cop it from the coach or another player you know when she's making a joke while he's trying to explain you know a drill um which you know we loved it because it made training fun I'm, I'm not sure the coaches would appreciate me saying that um but yeah definitely definitely Sunny Franco and I think she's well known for that I think for Olympic I know Mac is quite known as as being a pest but I, I don't know I reckon Mac is just funny I'm gonna go with Sarah Yadam because she's very similar to Sunny Franco um very funny um but again 
the person who's most likely to be cracking a joke while the coach is explaining drills, um, and therefore I think takes the pest label with her as well. The kind of the kind of person that's going to say something absolutely stupid. Everyone's going to everyone's going to be laughing. He's just going to be looking around. He or she's going to yeah. look around and it's going to be eyes about to pop out of their yeah, head. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> now, Clarissa, I think I think we have some interesting trivia as well because Claudia was asked that question. Um, also in her Football New South Wales um, at the start of the season. And correct me if I'm wrong, Claudia, but I believe you said yourself for biggest pest. Myself, did I? No, I think I I I called um, myself the coach's pet. Oh, (laughs) because I do remember, I remember being like, oh, like, you know, I think a lot of people think that I'm the coach's pet because I kind of just do what they tell me to to do <laughs> um, and I, so I was like oh, I also don't know who to throw under the bus because I was new to the team so I was like why not throw myself under the bus yes, no, no, no. Look, let me make this let me make this clear let me make this clear Claudia whenever it comes to situations like this it's always someone else that goes in you need to understand that you have to develop that bit of ruthless streak about yourself that says no nope, you're going under. You're I going. don't care what you think. <laughs> I'm working on it. This is um my first step towards that. I've thrown Sonny and, and Yadam under the bus, so who's next? <laughs> you see, I, I'd be very curious to hear now what Sonny – what's actually, no, Sonny – having seen Sonny's antics sometimes on the football field, I think she'd be probably going, yeah, probably right. I think both of <laughs> them would love the fact that I've mentioned them as big as best, to be honest. Take it with pride. Exactly. Oh, yeah, they, they absolutely would. Um, for mine, I'm going to ask each of you girls for a moment from your own NPL season. What was your moment? And my moment was calling the game between Manly United and the Football New South Wales Institute on Triple H. And it was midway through the second half and our good friend Chloe O'Brien executing what I would consider to be... Oh, my God, I saw this. The, <laughs> one of the best suplexes... I've ever seen from a woman. She's oh literally grabbed this player who had cut in front of her and stepped on her foot twice in the same moon, has literally grabbed her and suplexed her. It was so good, I think Brock Lesnar would have been <laughs> proud of it. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. I, I remember you telling me that the day it happened as well, and I was in disbelief. I think I've watched that video, like, multiple times over, and it gets funnier each time. It's a, it's a pretty good suplex, wasn't it? I don't think I'm going to be able to top that with my highlight. And, and, the, best, and the best part was, she only got a yellow card for it. Yeah, that's because it's Chloe, and the ref was probably like, oh, yeah, but that's Chloe, and, you know, she didn't mean it in a mean way. It was just all part of the joke. Was she trying to, was she trying to get a contract with the WWE? <laughs> I heard they signed her up. Oh, yeah. she's a, she is the third member of Iconics, is she? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Many talents. <laughs> That's it. She is. Uh, all right, who's next? Uh, <laughs> okay, Zoe, I'll save you because I did throw you under the bus earlier. I'm, I'm getting so used to it now. I love it. Um, I'd have to say um, mine would have to be on a personal level, I think, just because I didn't play a lot this season, I've just been really unfortunate with, um, you know, having to play out of position for a bit and then getting injured and then, out of all things, a cold. Promise it wasn't COVID. Um, so I only <laughs> I only happened to play one game in my position for Olympic, which was the first one against Manly, which was at Belmore Stadium. And I absolutely loved it. It was, you know, first time playing with a new team, Um it was a massive occasion against my old club, you know, in a stadium full of lights and 
probably not a lot of people, but a good chunk. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was so good to just be back playing again, um, not being, you know, restricted by anything, including coronavirus. Um, and yeah, that was really a highlight for me out of the season that probably, you know, in, in hindsight didn't turn out the way that I planned, but you always got to look at the positives and, and take that into the, the next season. And you got to play at Belmore. Yeah, like with that, the light. That, grand, that, grand, that grand has so many ghosts hidden <laughs> in it, the stories. I was too tired from running to worry about ghosts. <laughs> First oh, game no, back, I was like, fitness probably not at its peak, but that's okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like, that grand has yeah. so much history behind it. Yeah, no, it, it does, and it's it's an amazing ground, amazing atmosphere, and, you know, I don't think we get a lot of opportunities to play in situations like that, so it was it was amazing to have that opportunity for sure. Zoe, we finish off yeah, with you. Yeah. Okay, I suppose I have to go. Um, look, I, I'm still in Sikorti. I feel like the one that stands out for me wasn't necessarily um, within the women's NPL competition, um, like my highlight for the year. So I don't know whether you want me to share that or not. But You can go um, ahead. Well, I was going to say, besides that, my highlight was probably not having to referee in the rain. Uh, <laughs> I thoroughly uh, the, last, the last round before COVID hit. Yeah, I, I don't think I was refereeing um, that week. So Cool, I, good call. Yeah, so I think I escaped this season without I had to, in the rain. I had to play in that. Yeah, no. Oh, thanks. that's the best bit. Playing in the rain. Come yeah, on, guys. Play, playing in the rain is all right. Refereeing in the rain is not the is same quite, effect. Not, not quite the same, especially when your hands are numb and you got to write something and uh, oh, you got to write down the yellow cards and goals. Yeah, and shaking. Oh, look. I, so I, I'm supposed to have a waterproof book. Like my book is, I have one that's supposed to be waterproof, and it just, it's not quite waterproof. And How does that work? It, it, it wouldn't have. Like, I remember that. I remember that rain. It would not have survived. No, it, it wouldn't have. And it's and it and it, the thing is, you just kind of try your best to write it down, but then you get to the end of the game, you <laughs> the and you're just like, oh, what the hell does this say? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> yeah, what number was that? Oh God. Oh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Split. It's a great episode to finish off what was a very unfortunate ending to the season for NPL New South Wales women. I would like to thank our special guest, Cordy Shalakian, and I, I dare say, Cordy, we'll be having you back on the show sometime very soon. Yeah, thank you for having me, and it, it would be great to come around again, especially if I'm um, hedging my bets on predictions. It is my strong point, so, you know, oh. feel free to hit me up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, Zoe, we're... I'm telling you, she's locked herself in. Like She, <laughs> she, has. she has no choice now. Yeah. yeah oh, I have no complaints. Zoe, always a pleasure. Yeah, same to you, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports on behalf of Cordy Shalakian and Zoe Benjamin. I'm Anthony Caruso. Run harder, run home. Good night.